0: This is the Gutsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody.
2: We have some guests on here. We Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, we totally can. Um, my name is Katie Baker. I'm on Instagram as <laughs> Baker's Trippin' underscore or if not it looks like something else and you'll see when you (laughs) follow along but yeah I am a mom of six Mm -hmm. my oldest is 10 I have eight year old and then I have triplet four-year-olds yeah a lot of kids deep breath everyone (laughs) and then I have a year and a half year old so and I'm still here so, still breathing. Living testament. <laughs> and
1: equally important, the kids are still alive and breathing. Alive. We just saw them. I've got proof. This is
2: true. Yep. This is true.
1: And that's the most impressive exactly. part, really. Well, thank
2: you. <laughs>
0: um, Katie, before we introduce Lizza, um tell us a little bit about what you do, your profession, your professional background, um, because our podcast today is on feeding children healthy food and overcoming... Um, these obstacles, because it's really hard and it's really tricky. And we want to um, validate that for moms and then empower them with tools. So can you give us a little bit of your background um, and how that has helped you get to... The reason why I brought Katie on here, and we'll go to Liz in just a second, but the reason why Katie's on here is because her kids eat so well. I mean, I just saw a video of them eating... like holding a dead octopus and playing <laughs> with fun. it. it and fun. then they ate it for dinner. And I mean, I probably wouldn't have eaten that for dinner. So, um, so sure. tell us a little bit about uh, your
2: professional background. Sure. So I'm a registered nurse, um, mostly in emergency medicine. hmm Nearly fifteen years working at the hospital in that kind of a setting, also as a first responder and trickling down to like plastic surgery, worked at a prison and I also worked as a uh, foster care slash c p s nurse in california cool. so um pretty big background that way
0: yeah. um, occupational therapy as well right
2: i I have occupational therapy exposure through my triplets oh okay, yeah. okay, so they, it was kind of like immersion right cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but um and I absorbed a lot and advocated. For them, which was super huge. Um, And then as far as food goes, it was really a journey of my own health and recognizing how food affected me and then seeing behavioral changes in my own children, um, which is huge, right? Yes. We were all trying to troubleshoot our kids and and do what's best. Mm -hmm. And yes, that really drove... That home for yeah. us.
0: You have a kid with um, sensory processing disorders, right? I do, and I do. so you've you've noticed the difference between what he does
2: and doesn't eat, and how that affects him cognitively. Right. Correct. Correct. Uh, food dyes, sugar mm-hmm. is a big one. Processed carbs. Processed carbs, mm-hmm. um, because they they lend to wanting all those carbs. Mm-hmm. He's you know on that spectrum of, of of wanting the bread and the fried foods and mm-hmm. the cheeseburgers
0: and the chicken egg nuggets. Oh,
2: totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Now cool. I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> um, thank you, Katie. No and problem. then we also have Liza on here with us. Liza, um, introduce yourself. And um is like one of my best friends, if and we we've, is been, true. we've <laughs> been wanting to do a podcast together for over a year. And so, Liza, introduce yourself. Uh,
3: I am Liza. <laughs> <laughs> Just one name, no last Lizza. name, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Beyonce. Like Beyonce. So uh, we are neighbors with the Ronies We met a little over a year ago, and immediately hit it off because we had so many things in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had gone through a lot of the same journey of being professional questioners. <laughs> a <laughs> lot of the
1: uh, a lot of the stuff that we complain about here on the show is stuff that we already kind of. Pre-worked through with Liza and uh-huh. her husband, yeah, so true. Yeah. so they kind of help us to so pre-test a lot of these mm-hmm. ideas.
3: Yeah, like no, you're not crazy. We believe, we believe like you. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe we're, we're maybe <laughs> we'll just are we're wearing the tin foil hats so together, or maybe some, we're the ones Sometimes we start talking,
1: <laughs> and all we know is, well, there's at least four of us. There's
3: at least four of yeah. us. So maybe there's the five.
1: Maybe someone else out there <laughs> like, thinks this is also true. Six, yeah. All right, six, right six, six, there we so so we've go. we got. Let's do a podcast. And so here we are.
0: Okay. So um, I, I don't even have my outline up, guys. I'm sorry. So feeding kids is hard um, because... And I get a, a lot of moms weekly reach out to me and they're like, how did you get your kids to eat these kale chips? Or how do you get them to eat green pancakes or vegetables or their soups? And, um, and I do want to express like it takes a lot of work. Like feeding kids is hard because sugar is really addicting, Right. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like it's the most addicting
2: substance on the planet. It's made to be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that—that's—that's that's the point. It's made to be. Oh, it's it's sorry, not, not close enough. Yeah, come So not practiced in vodka. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes uh, it's it's made to be. It's chemically made mm-hmm. to be exactly.
0: It's made to be cheap and mm-hmm. very stimulating and addicting and colorful,
3: and it's also ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. go to a gas station, go to a yes. baseball game. You don't have fresh. Veggies and fresh fruit. No, you don't. You have processed packaged food mm-hmm. in your face all the time yep. everywhere you go in
1: beautiful in bright colors yeah, with cartoon characters pushing it right with exactly. with free toys inside
3: mm-hmm. what kid wouldn't want
1: that
0: but but it's addicting but it's also very emotionally um, reinforcing too because just like you said baseball games gas stations holidays movie um, theaters, movie theaters um, rewards at school right it's totally a form of grooming
2: it is oh my gosh it, it is sugar is grooming yep it, it, it disconnects the relationship with the parents. Um, it disconnects being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's altering because it's-, it's chemically made to be altering.
0: Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's such the that's the perfect word to put it. And now a lot of people are probably listening right now, and they're like, "Whoa, you guys are being really severe on food." But you guys, the statistics are there. The evidence is there. Sugar is poisonous to your body. But sugar's
2: not food.
0: It, it sugar's it's not food. It's not. And <laughs> and yet we are so scared. We are so terrified to make our kids uncomfortable and force them to eat their vegetables. Why, how did we get here? Like what happened? What broke down in our society and our culture where we will inf- we will force our kids to go to school. We'll force them to do homework. We'll force them to pr- practice their piano. But when it comes to fruits and vegetables, people throw their hands up in the air and they're like, I don't know what to do here.
1: And it's important to note also that this is a new phenomenon, right? It's mm-hmm. relatively recently in history where this was going on. Fifty years ago, even it wasn't nearly as bad as it is. A hundred yep. years ago, no. it was unheard of. Mm-hmm. They were just starting to process food in the you know early nineteen hundreds, right?
2: Yeah. Well, and then, well, not to mention my age, but you <laughs> know, I, I get into my teens, and now it's this low fat, add sugar to everything yeah. craze, and the food pyramid, and it's part of the pyramid. Yep. Yep. You yep. know, like practitioners, nutritionists, child mm-hmm. development specialists are being told that that's Bible, right?
0: Yeah, I in fact I have like probably one dietitian a week reach out to me and they they say to me I am horrified that I have to recommend what I'm told to but I will have my license taken away if I counsel them otherwise and like and they know better but they have to do this because it's it's government regulated it's FDA enforced and
2: approved. And the same with nurses. Yes. So when we're given discharge instructions mm-hmm. and we have to recommend a heart healthy diet or the mm-hmm. American um Cancer Society diet, like, right. And then they're sponsored by, you know, mm-hmm. brands who manufacture processed meats. Right. Oh, and it's like, yeah. but it's high in nitrate. So, so like, you know, oh, we can go on with mm-hmm. that, but like these, it's all whose hand is in whose pocket. Right. And then we're forced to recommend these diets. Yeah.
1: And a quick side note on that uh, for people not in the know, dietitians are the only official kind of diet. Prescriber people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, a doctor can do that. A nurse can do that, but the dietitians are are the ones who actually have the degree that says they can Science. counsel people in their mm-hmm. diet. Whereas nutritionists are typically. They might be certified, but there's no official licensing that goes along with that. Right. And in many states, a dietitian is the only one outside of your, your traditional medical professionals who can give personalized nutrition advice.
4: Right.
1: So when their hands are tied and the doctor's hands are tied and the nurse's hands are tied... That means that that we basically have a form of censorship going on mm-hmm. where the only information that you are officially allowed to receive is the official line of information that oftentimes is a good twenty years behind, mm-hmm. or in in this case it it's you know it it was new a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and it was wrong, mm-hmm. and it's still wrong, but at least we're starting to recognize that totally. we got off track for a whole century. And now here we are trying to fix it. So let's yep. talk about how we can do that.
3: Yep. So so we, we understand. Wait, sorry, I do want to interject really fast. Yes, I think it's been going on more than a century. Mm-hmm. So okay. when my husband and I went to the new African-American Museum in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. over a year ago, maybe it was two years ago, I can't remember. Um, the entire thing takes you through the timeline and the history of slavery. Mm. And I had forgotten the connection between sugar sugar. And slavery oh. in this country. Yeah. So not to bring up another, you know, controversial subject like slavery because uh-huh. that's something we're all dealing with, you know, as mm-hmm. as our culture. Yeah. Right now, but there is a massive connection between rich people food and peasant food mm-hmm. that goes back more than a hundred years. So wow. this is something that has been in our history for a long time. Yeah. And it is this. It is this addiction. Yeah. That's been happening with. Severe consequences because it's changing our skeletal systems and yes. not giving us, not giving our bones and the nutrients what it needs to mm-hmm. grow. So, exactly. Huh. Even that just is- having like our, another article I was reading of our, how our skulls have been shrinking for the past 250 years. Wow. Which causes all kinds of problems. Yes. In our cranial systems. Now, why so is that happening? Bec- Why is that happening? Yeah, that's the question, right? Yeah, I mean, Weston A. Price would bring up, you know, the X factor, the vitamin K, yeah, things like that. Getting away from our traditional foods because modern food has been shown over and over and over again mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. so nutrient-starved, yeah, that it's hurting us, causing like, really big problems. Yep. Well,
2: and there's also recently I read about um, children's muscle. Skeletal systems, so our muscles mm-hmm. are just their mass alone has decreased yeah. like 20 to 30 percent just from two generations, which is really scary. And they're contributing it to the lack of exposure to the outdoors mm-hmm. and free and playtime and um, like metal. Playground Mm -hmm. equipment used Uh, to be the common, right? mm -hmm. Where you had to really like push the merry-go-round and you're really contracting, you know, using your muscles. Or you're
0: climbing or you're, yeah. Right, it was Mm -hmm. higher heights, Mm -hmm. heavier objects.
2: And now the kids are getting exposed to less and less of that explosion. So their muscles and they're atrophied. Well, all that stuff's too
1: dangerous now, right? So the only safe thing is a a little plastic slide and then like a bridge that you walk across. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, The dumbest playground toy ever. (laughs) There's a bridge.
0: So, so food, like, so we, we have this massive cultural issue and things are getting worse and worse. And we've mentioned in other podcasts, like childhood health statistics are getting, uh, they're atrocious. So allergies have increased by 30% since the mid nineties, childhood cancer has increased 32% since the seventies, um, childhood obesity is expected to be one, one in three children are supposed to be obese by 2030. So these are really scary statistics. We're not getting healthier. Our kids are more sickly. They're, when they get sick now, they're sicker for longer. And people could argue that, oh, it's because the strain of the virus or whatever, they're getting more aggressive. But, um, but their immune systems are just not staying up to par.
2: I, I didn't plan on this, but I'm going to shout out someone. It's Savannah Tate mm-hmm. from the Hayes Tough Foundation. Okay. And she's another triplet mom. And she lost one of her triplets to childhood uh-huh. cancer, and um, she shared recently that six people died as a result of vaping. Because that's yeah, big, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one's in an uproar over seven kids every day dying from childhood cancer. It, well,
1: it took New well, York like less than a week to outlaw vaping when when wow. that whole thing broke out. Yeah. and and what have we done for childhood, childhood nutrition, health?
0: No, right? Nothing. Nothing. Like we're, we're not, and I'm not saying we need to force kids to eat vegetables, but like we're not educating. We're not, um, I mean, I force my kids to eat vegetables, but <laughs> there's zero education
2: around this. They don't have the perspective. No. We're not even giving them the choice to have a choice. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the opportunity. I guess this is why I
0: yell on Instagram every day <laughs> at people <laughs> like us and be like, feed your children vegetables. It can be done. So, um, okay. So we, we've, we've established that there's a massive problem. Well, there, and- there's
1: one more thing I'd like yes. to bring into that because it ties in what Lizzie was saying about, this is not new. This has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, back Probably about 60 years ago. I can't remember the exact year. There was a, a doctor named uh, Pottinger mm-hmm. and he was studying cats and he had this group of completely healthy cats that they didn't have any health issues. And then mm. they changed their diet to one that was entirely processed food. Yeah. And within their own lifespan, these cats started to develop symptoms of weakness and illness, mm-hmm. but it was their Children, the kittens that really were messed up, yeah. and then they reversed their diet back to the all-natural, healthy diet—the
0: kittens' diet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But their health didn't improve, and their children's kittens' health didn't improve, and their kittens. It took four generations, I believe, yeah, for their, it to normalize again. Their health to get back to normal.
2: So, is this the equivalent of breaking the chain? right in a yeah. human in our generations we mm-hmm. break that chain for the future
0: yeah
1: exactly yeah. And, and, and in a way i'm kind of trying to scare people even more to say that you know it's been an accelerating process starting mm-hmm. way back in who knows the 1700s but but especially in the last 50 years now yeah. that giant food corporations have become a thing where we are just super speeding towards this yep. epidemic of everything it's cancer mm-hmm. it's obesity it's diabetes it's you name the health issue mm-hmm. it is accelerating yep. in spite of all the money we are supposedly throwing at it yep. and and now here we are trying to change our diets for three weeks and saying well well it's not it didn't working.
0: work yep and that's the most frustrating part is like even in our gutsy health community and membership you know that's why we have a six-month program because I'm like you need at least half a year to revamp and reprogram your hormones your systems your metabolism everything but people come to us constantly almost daily and they say well I tried I tried healthy food I tried paleo it didn't work and my next question is how long did you try it how long a week two weeks a month? Like you can't do anything in a month. Did you give it six months? Most of the time, I would say like 99% of the time, like they, they don't, they don't try it for longer. And so, or they're not doing it properly or they're not being coached through it properly because there's just so much overwhelming information out there.
3: And there's, it's just so hard. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's really hard. It is like you have mm-hmm. to completely change your lifestyle in order to make food a priority. right. Because it's convenient packaged food everywhere. And yep. we live in a culture where we don't prioritize rest and slowing down and right. coming together at the dinner table. We're mm-hmm. off to soccer games and ballet classes and yep. you know, grabbing and just packaging in as much as we can. So yeah. we, use fu- we use food in our culture to fuel our activities. Yeah. We don't have food as an end result to the activity itself mm-hmm. like they do in other cultures. Yeah. We go to restaurants and we wait for a table Mm-hmm. As opposed to other cultures that say our restaurant is full, go find another place to eat, mm-hmm. because people are going to be here for hours and hours, conversing, relaxing, mm-hmm. having that human connection, having the aesthetic experience. Right. So food is so much more than just food and nutrition. It's an experience. Right. It's a connection. It's the embodiment of what it is to be mm-hmm. human and to share life together yeah. with other people. And we do not prioritize that in our culture. We, it and we makes certainly it are doubly not. Probably harder to eat healthy. Yeah, and mm.
1: we're definitely not teaching that to our children. Right. No. Our children are learning that. You just throw whatever convenient snack into your mouth on your way out the door that you right. can, and then you're going to binge on sugar again in a couple hours, and mm-hmm. then a couple hours after that,
3: right? Which yeah. is one of my problems with the new because there's like a new health movement of packaged healthy food, quote unquote, but mm-hmm. it still is using you know refined vegetable oils. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's still using mm-hmm. too much sugar. Refine, yep, right, and then it's mm-hmm. still putting an impact on our environment with all of this packaging, yeah. and it's still teaching us to not prioritize slowing down and resting to enjoy your food which we right. know you need to engage your parasympathetic nervous system yeah. in order to properly digest. So if you're eating in a hurry and if life is constantly about rushing, yeah. you're still not gaining the benefit of what nutrition can do for you because totally. your lifestyle isn't maximizing
2: that for you. Exactly. Yeah, and our, our guts aren't priming. No. We're never giving a chance for mm. to prime. I mean, my parents parents used to anticipate dinner yeah they would smell it cooking and yep. they would know what's coming up it had they had it would planned. be they would be
0: touching it they would right. be smelling it feeling it like like all your senses are taking it in so right. as soon as you start to touch and feel and prep like you you start to salivate more your gastric juices start to uh produce more like your body gets into a mode the rumbly and the tumbly yeah <laughs> exactly. exactly I'm a mom. like we, <laughs> we've completely gotten
2: rid of that in our culture like there there is no experience with food anymore well in that sense do our kids ever truly feel hungry do they really know i mean in the in mm-hmm. in this cultural mindset of instant gratification of yeah. food just being so readily available mm-hmm. and as a reward yeah um do they ever really know what hungry is or are they just right. craving right, for their fix? Yep.
0: Yep. Is it a, is it a sugar hungry mm-hmm. or is it like a real, I'm starving for nutrients, hungry? Or a, a, a boredom
1: thing. hungry, which mm-hmm. seems to be totally. the, the real form totally. these days. Kids yep. get bored. I'm hungry.
0: Yep. Um, I know with... Um, with our children, we, we encourage them to help wash vegetables, cut vegetables, prep the food, um, and, and create an experience around food. Like it's, it's a family affair. It's a family thing, you know, Satori can't do much. She's two and a half, but she can help me grab things. She can help me wash apples. She'll start eating them too, you know, and that's fine. You know, I want to encourage her to help us prep the food, but this art of healthy eating has completely died it's completely died and we've created a new art of fast food drive-ins and so delicious, you know, and that is scary to me. Like, because there is no nutrient density in that anymore. It's just cheap food, refined food, like, and very stimulating food too.
2: And, and to be honest, as a mom, it makes you feel like the bad guy saying no. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. is a huge yeah. difficult, like psychological factor for me. Yeah, My kids are like, Oh, you're not going to get me a drink.
0: Right. And it's like,
2: oh, no, mm-hmm. No, I love you and that's why I'm not getting you one. Like, yeah. but I know that you're you don't understand that. So it's finding a balance with that is just, you know, like yeah. okay, maybe later we can get, you know, a Yes. A stevia sodas. Yes. And uh-huh. you know, or maybe you can have some mom's mineral water. Mm-hmm. You know, I use the stevia drops in. Yeah. It's it's just it's a hard it's a balance to everything, right? Yeah. Like trying to to pick and choose the battles, but there's some things you just you just can't.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. In a, in Tennyson's class at school, someone is responsible for bringing treats for the whole class every day, it's a and the, the treats mm-hmm. have to be store bought, so it has to be packaged yep. food, and it has to be. They say healthy, but they consider things like goldfish or graham crackers to be mm-hmm, healthy because they're different now. And so, <laughs> what what we had to do from the very beginning was basically tell them we're going to send Tennyson with his own snack every Mm -hmm. day and he needs to eat that instead of whatever everyone else is eating. And that is rough on us because sometimes the food that they get looks really tasty. He thinks goldfish are fantastic. And so he comes home and he complains to us that everybody else got goldfish and he had to eat his apple or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, just like you said, we're the bad guys.
0: So, so I, so we've established like there is a cultural problem, like, and it's, and it's, it's old and it's been there and it's harming us. And we are almost too ashamed to do anything about it because we don't want to be that mom. And I get people saying that to me all the time. I don't want to be that mom that makes everything awkward. Um, but, but how do we get over that? Like, because I know for me, I'm okay being, I, for me, it's all about boundaries, right? Like I, and For you guys listening out there, what I want to say first is you need to make a choice. Is we we know sugar plus children equals illness and disease. We know that. Science proves that over and over again. So I want to ask you, are you ready to take control of their health now? And what are you willing to do to do that? Because you do have the power in this. You can take control. You can make changes in their life. But are you willing to start making the boundaries, to start making those decisions? And they're going to have to be firm. It's going to have to be like doing homework every day, like going to school every day, like taking exams every day until it becomes intuitive and natural, right?
1: I mean, hopefully this isn't a a seriously difficult thing for people to decide on because a lot of parents that I've talked to would say that, Everything they do is for their children. That may or may not be 100% true, but mm-hmm. people really do care for the outcomes that involve their children. They want them to do well in life and be right. happy, right? Everyone mm-hmm. says, I want my kids to be happy.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to interject on that. I Coming from where I grew up, social, economic, you know, economics, it, it was so much easier to feed your kids the fast food, the carbs, the a um, heavy Hispanic population. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of beans, rice, lard, tortillas, yeah. fries, But there was also an, a fresh aspect to it too. Mm-hmm. It was a cultural, family gatherings around food was a very special time. Mm. But it's been a process for our family, whereas I think it's intimidating too financially because mm-hmm. you, you hear it all the time. Well, it just costs too much to eat healthy or right. it, it costs too much to buy organic or so on, mm-hmm. right? We hear mm-hmm. that excuse all the time. But I think if you really buckled down and narrowed down what you spend yeah. on going out to eat yes. and on all that fast food, and then the cost in your lifestyle and the health of the child, mm. Medical what you bills. spend, right. Mm. does it really, is, is it really that much more? Right. Uh, I think it's um, it's also this, this atmosphere of both parents working and, and trying mm. to make a living and, and you just feel that you don't have the time. Yeah. To, to focus on the food. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about prioritization and it's yeah. about um, feeling empowered, like yeah. you said, cause I think we, we feel like we're subject to the times yeah. and this is just so like, we must be behind because now we're choosing to eat and live this way mm-hmm. when really I feel like we're ahead of the curve mm-hmm. and I, uh, and you just want to share it, right? You want to yeah. share the good fruit. We're like, yes, mm-hmm. just take a bite. Totally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <you know? laughs> You're
0: like, It is so delicious. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and I've used this analogy before, and I'll I'll use it again. But um, let's say because this happens all the time, you go out and there's like a cute old granny on the park. I was like, oh, can I offer your a child a treat? Or if your child is throwing a tantrum, can I give her some fruit snacks? What if those same strangers came up to you and said, can I give your child a cigarette?
2: Or cocaine. <laughs>
0: or cocaine. Can I give them some drugs? Can I give them... Because that is essentially what they're doing. But one yeah. drug is normalized and glorified and worshipped, and the others have been culturally like bashed. And here's the thing is, we know that they both harm the body. So where's the problem?
2: I... Completely agree. Because yeah. I mean, okay. Imagine this. Imagine deep breath, everybody. Deep breath. Yep. You're driving the big white passenger van. Okay, full of six kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day running errands. Oh, you know, you got to stop at the bank or the post office yep. or even the doctor's. Yep. Shoot anywhere mm-hmm. here in Utah, mm-hmm. in Utah County. <laughs> yeah. Can I give your kids some suckers? Oh Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Please no. Please <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, oh, mm-hmm. here, here's a grab basket mm. of, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's filled. We're filled candy. with horrible mm-hmm. stuff.
1: A lot of times they don't even ask. No, they just, they just right? offer. I had a guy just offer. hand, that hand my so kids some times. candy. Mm-hmm. How do you take mm-hmm. kids candy away from them once it's in their hand? Right. Oh. oh I've been in,
2: I've literally been at Walmart and the guy pulls it out of his Walmart vest, like candy out of his pocket and hands oh it to my kids. And I'm like, first off, ew. <laughs> you know, like this is gross. But second of all, it's like, Do you drive a big van and live down by the river? You're like right. please don't give yeah, my kid right. candy for <laughs> one. Don't give my kid anything no. without my permission. Right. But more or less the the sugar. Yep. And yeah. And it's so normalized. Well and, and
1: and oftentimes these are the nicest people, right? They yeah, they just they wanna be well. giving. It makes them feel good to help other people feel good with sugar. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize the implications of what they're doing or yep. how it could be destroying a parent's goals yep. with their children's health.
3: Yep. Because one piece of candy really isn't a big deal. If you're eating one piece of candy once a week, your body can probably recover and make up for it, right. but that's not the culture we're living in anymore. No, it's candy not for breakfast, all. It's candy for snacks, candy for lunch,
0: long. you know, and people are like, well, my child doesn't eat candy. Does your child eat waffles? That's basically processed food and candy. Sorry. Like, like goldfish, that's processed food. So I guess I shouldn't say candy. I should just say processed food.
2: Keyword is, it's the reward, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's the end game. Mm-hmm. Like you're not successful. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't read all these books for AR score. Yes. And and if you don't get that prize at the end then then you didn't really reach the ultimate success. Right. Yeah. So, hey, guess what? We're correlating like these these goals, life goals, right? Mm-hmm. With the reward being a chemical Candy. induced high. Yep. Exactly. That's and, exactly what it is. And and that that's what they're they're so we're, they're experiencing and what are they doing? They're associating. Mm-hmm. They're associating these mm-hmm. life experiences and goals and reaching yep. for the stars and oh, guess what? You get cake too. Yep. Yep. Oh, Yay! And and
0: just what you said there: neurons that wi- that fire together wire together. So you are creating addicts from young. Um, what really kills me is when I see like one year olds drinking soda or eating ice cream, and I'm and and I'm I'm like it's starting. Like that is where the addiction has started, and, that- and it really is. Like we our children have undeveloped brains; they're compl- they're they're still developing, and we are creating this addiction during their development. We're bathing.
2: We're, We're bathing, bathing mm-hmm. their brains in it. Exactly. Their neurons. Yep. It's just scary. <laughs>
1: so like Liza has said, our, our goal is not to say your kids should never have sugar for the rest of their lives. And if they do, you're totally. a terrible yeah. parent. Totally. We do not want to shame anybody no. when it comes to managing their children's diet because we personally know how challenging it can be. Mm-hmm. But what we are trying to say is that what is going on right now in general in society is not normal. Right. It is not okay. Mm-hmm. And there are some huge rewards that can come from putting in the effort now to change your children's diet. Okay.
2: Oh, we were there. I mean, we used to have, oh, this is so, I'm ashamed. <laughs> no we shame. Said, we used to have no shame. piggy parties. Mm-hmm. We called them piggy parties. What are piggy parties? Well, we would go and they'd get to pick out like, home. Here's is so bad or <laughs> <We're laughs> so good. Either way you want to look at it, um, but like the orange cupcakes from mm-hmm. Hostess, okay, okay, yeah. ding dongs, Twinkies, you know, mm-hmm. just whatever they chose, mm-hmm. and we'd sit around and have a piggy party. Yeah, mm-hmm. movies, you know, yeah. right? Family time associated with the chemical high. Yeah,
1: and I bet that and was a lot of fun. It was.
2: It was totally it was fun great
1: bonding. Right, everybody's right. happy and you're
2: getting along. Right, we're awesome parents. Go us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the crash. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then there's the horrible sleep. And then, you know, but this is this is retrospect. Like looking mm-hmm. back, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, the next days were hard. It's, you know, my husband would go to work and he's feeling down and he's on a second energy drink for mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. I'm at home texting him that I'm struggling so bad. The kids are bouncing off the walls mm-hmm. or they won't focus. I homeschool. Or school. they're fighting. Breathe, everybody. <laughs> no breaks for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> breathe. So yeah, it's, it's you see it. Mm-hmm. And so you say those who are, Contemplating down, walking down this path of of, of restricting, right? Because it is a form of restricting sugar because it's what they've been used to. Mm-hmm. There is a light at the end of the tunnel where it does just become part of the lifestyle, like mm-hmm. Shonique said earlier, and it, it it just becomes the norm. Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like I'm connecting with my kids in a whole nother different level. Totally. Yep.
0: So, and they're less emotional and like, yeah, like you said, connecting you know, and they're not just reacting all the time and fighting and picking fights and they can't think clearly and they're emotional hot messes.
2: They still do that, but... Right, but not nearly <laughs> as bad. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Very good point.
3: <laughs> I remember, I mean, I distinctly remember the moment when I felt like I finally had enough community mm-hmm. that I could manage who I was letting influence my children's lives. Mm-hmm. Because it took a lot of effort to create that for ourselves. Because mm-hmm. if you're just participating in normal suburban public school systems anywhere you go... This is the standard. This is what we do in America. But we had like handpicked specific people that we wanted to start hanging out with, including you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because it made my life and my job so much easier when you're not, when you don't feel like you're just fighting this war all the time. Yeah. So putting my kids in a school where they care about, I mean, we had this huge long talk with the administrator about all the things my kids were not allowed to bring. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you that my kids, this is just going to be normal and standardized. Yeah. Yep. And then hanging out with people when we get together for potlucks and there's fermented vegetables and mm-hmm. stuff from people's gardens and, yeah, that's you know, awesome. sourdough bread. And, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's my invite? Right? <laughs> you can come. Okay. And it just, and it, I, I just had that moment where I was like, this food really is a community event right all the time. Yep. And when we start creating, a culture surrounding food where we get together and we have that emotional part Mm -hmm. where we have the aesthetic experience, we Mm -hmm. have the emotional human bonding and we're doing it with healthy food that tastes really good and Mm -hmm. nourishes your body. Yeah, That's the kind of energy flow for physically and emotionally that I want to create for my kids. Right, Because then you're not rushing to the addicted sugary drinks. And a lot of times I don't think it's people um, necessarily it's not even a conscious thing right. you know they're just like no. i have low energy yeah. like i need another cup of coffee or i need another energy drink or i mm-hmm. now i need a sleep aid because they don't they're they're so out of whack with their circadian rhythm right and the food is creating that additional like hardship mm-hmm. physically and emotionally mm-hmm. yeah exactly um
0: i want to go into every family's story on where they were and what the process looked like. But before I get into that, um, just kind of touching on this like a community, I actually had this massive vision the other day where I want to by next summer and you guys tell me if you think this is my first time actually like vocalizing this out loud. I haven't even told it to Tristan, but
4: like (laughs) I (laughs) want to do like a monthly,
0: like wouldn't it be cool if we did like a monthly get together from like all the local moms on Instagram and you know, everyone that's trying to find some kind of healthy community. And it would be like almost like a carnival where there's only health food like Um, food trucks and like there's like people can bring snacks and it has to be healthy food that you share with like other kids or something and they all come and play together and there's like bounce houses and slip and slides and it's like a whole day festivities but the food there is healthy food and we're re-indoctrinating them like we're creating that happy experience with healthy food versus what our cultural norm is like does that seem like a weird idea no, I'm totally in. Like, like, let's make this happen. Bring on the tinfoil hats. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so that's that's my that's my so vision. Well, I think coming that-
2: soon
1: to a Dell near you.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I think that 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 correlates with your idea of the support in mm-hmm. yes. the shift and, mm-hmm. and 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 sorry, husbands and. Fathers out there, but I mean, the the moms usually yeah. head up the food department and their yeah. kids and, and battling that front. So we need that support.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, I mean,
2: I know my husband became... To be in on those events, mm-hmm. um, wholeheartedly, but I think that we we it takes a village, right? We've heard that before, but it we moms also need other moms, mm-hmm. women need other women, men need other men,
0: women need women. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, we need to help each other, and, and kids need kids. Yeah, yeah, kids influence each other. Yeah. Like exactly. my kids come home all the time, and
3: they're like, "Tennyson won't eat this," and then <laughs> like they still eat it, but I can see their shame, and I'm like, yeah. "Good job, Tennyson. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> this is peer pressure. I approve of." Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah the, and you know, my oldest Donovan, he. He's struggling because um, church is basically mm-hmm. the only other area. Like we, we have a homeschool commonwealth where mm-hmm. we're all mostly like-minded with, with food. Um, but every class mm-hmm. at church, they give candy to, to yeah. the boys in his class. And he's like, mom, I don't want to be the one who says no. Right, right, And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. But like, I'm going to leave this up to you. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and then if small victory or huge, really. But he comes up and he goes, I said No. Mm-hmm. I, I I great. didn't get the M and M's or the Skittles this day, mm-hmm. and I am just like, oh, good job, bud! Like, I'll reward you in other ways at home, right? Yeah, like you know, like we'll we'll go get you the um, Lily's dark chocolate mm-hmm. or something that he enjoys. Yeah, as a as an alternative. But you know, like again, to those who struggle with a budget, that gets pricey. It can,
0: it really can.
2: So you gotta make you know make the homemade. Mm-hmm. um treats, treats and have it as as um and something that's available for mm-hmm. them to grab and and not so controlled.
0: Right. Yep. Um it, it, I use a reward system a lot at home. I really do. Like we we have dessert almost every night, but it's a healthy dessert. It's modified. It's always like changed, you know, or it's paleo or it's sweetened with dates or something. But um, but let's let's talk about what your story looked like when you were making the transitions. Who do
3: we want to start with? Liza? Yeah, sure. So um, we, oh my gosh, I'm just thinking to my very first baby when I did like the rice cereal and yes. <laughs> so much dairy. Mm-hmm. Like she just lived on dairy for <laughs> months and months. Yeah. You know, right <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. Um, and... So we, I started noticing some health problems in me and I started noticing them uh, in my kids a little bit. And then the big clincher was when we moved across the country uh, to the East Coast and my four-year-old had developed psoriasis mm. all over his entire body. Yeah. And I went to the doctor and they said, this is incurable. There's nothing you can do. And he'll just have to be on a steroid for the rest of his life. Wow. And I just wow. looked at the doctor and I looked at my kid and I thought, no way. Yeah, there's no way. Like, there's no way that this is an option for us, right? So I started just really researching and diving because, like you said, the misinformation or the like plethora of information mm-hmm. is so overwhelming. Yeah, because there is kind of like a food war going on in yeah. the healthy sector, yeah. right? So there's the food or of like mm-hmm. the sugar, but there are, there are so many really adamant bloggers and influencers mm-hmm. and nutritionists who get online and have their platform. And they demonize and vilify these other ways of eating. Mm -hmm. So I was really overwhelmed with all the information and I don't really enjoy cooking either. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's just a big hurdle for me because I kind of have issues with like patriarchy and women in the kitchen and stuff like that. (laughs) Uh (laughs) So I I didn't like that being expected, right? Like I didn't want to be this 1950s wife like Mm -hmm. in the kitchen all day long. Yeah because I didn't want, I had other things to do with yeah. my time and other things I wanted to concentrate on. Yeah. So we ended up um, going with Weston A. Price because it made the most sense to me. Yeah, And um, I just remember we took him to a Chinese herbalist and get, got a whole range of herbs. And then we just like literally cleared out everything in our mm-hmm. kitchen. Mm-hmm. I had a brand new baby. Emma was six weeks old. Yeah. And I was spending five or six hours in the kitchen retraining myself yeah. how to get the flow of yep. food to work. It doesn't take me nearly that time now. Yeah. But those first several months were so strenuous because yeah. it like broke my brain. Yes. I remember I can't, that. I can't, I just, it was so overwhelming mm-hmm. to figure out what to eat. Like, you're, okay, you're if I can't have skill. all these things, mm-hmm. then what do I replace it with? Because it feels like this loss. It's mm-hmm. like, it was almost this grieving process yes. <laughs> yes. of like, yes. you just took away everything that brought me joy
4: mm-hmm.
3: because life is overwhelming and being a stay at home mom is overwhelming and it's our modern culture is really overwhelming. And this mm-hmm. thing brought me joy. Yeah. This was a consistent piece of joy in my life. And you just took it away. Like, what do I have left? Right. It was just so, I remember I was really emotional about it. Yeah. I was resentful and I was angry. And, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like underneath all of that, I knew that I wanted this change. Yeah. And I knew that I wanted to take control Mm-hmm. Over what our food looked like. Yeah. And I knew that this was a baseline that we were changing. Yes. And so if you have, you yes. know, a major event that's mm-hmm. kind of traumatic or, or scary or something like that, like that's really different than changing your baseline. Yep. Changing your baseline is one of the hardest things you can ever do. And you have to be really gentle
4: mm-hmm. and you
3: have to be really kind to yourself and you have to be really forgiving and you have to and just be patient. And you have to be so patient mm-hmm. with tiny, tiny micro. You know, like micro changes, because you're you're creating a new floor, and so you kind of like do one step and let it cement, Mm -hmm. and then do another step and let it cement, and then because you're just slowly building this thing. So I felt like we were remodeling Mm -hmm. our house while the same time we were living in it, Mm -hmm. while the while we were in a hurricane. (laughs)
0: That's what it felt like. You (laughs) described that (laughs) so beautifully. You're like a wordsmith. That was so amazing. Um, yeah, you are redefining your baseline. And I remember spending hours in the kitchen in the beginning because I didn't know anything about spices and flavors and how to cook vegetables. And like that was really scary and intimidating. But I to listeners out there, it isn't like that anymore. Like, and and just a plug for the program, like I've created a program that can make it really easy. Easy, like you're being handheld through it. Because I remember with our story, my mother-in-law flew in to Texas when Tristan was going through treatments and stuff. And she was teaching me how to make bone broths and like so she came, cleared out my pantry, took out all the processed foods, all the sugar. She went and did my grocery shopping for me. And then she started showing me, okay, this is how you prep this. This is how you prep this. This is how you prep this. And my brain was exploding. And what did I do in stress? I went Bought candy when no one was watching. <laughs> I went for Snickers and Twixes and I would eat it in my car outside the house and I would throw the candy like wrappers in the trash outside so no one saw it because I was so overwhelmed. But but she handheld me through that. But when she left, I was terrified. Cause I'm like, what do I do now? And so that's like I spent hours in the kitchen trying to figure it out. But then it became easy and it became intuitive. And after a few months, I was like, I've got this. I know what to do. I know what flavors. I know I know what ingredients I have. But um, it still took some time. And that's why when I counsel with clients, and that's why when I created this Gutsy Health program, I was like, it can't be that hard because people won't want to do it. And so I created this program. So it was so... The decision fatigue was gone. The planning was done for them. Someone's hand holding you through it. Someone's doing your grocery shopping list. Someone's doing your meal prepping, so you don't have to think about what's next. What do I need to do next? What do I need to put together next? But that is what I had to learn all by myself, with a little bit of help from my mother-in-law, a lot of help from her actually. Um, and that's when we redefined our baseline. Now, let's let's hear your story. I wanna I wanna hear your story, Katie. I would.
2: I would probably start it off with our first two children. I mean, I was, I was unaware, mm-hmm. honestly, I was living the life, right? Like mm-hmm. of convenient foods and, and preparing what I knew. Like, do you care if I share with people like autoimmune issues? No, no, right, like, yeah, right ahead. Like lots Not of knowing. health issues, hormonal issues. Right. I mean, okay. So my medical background would tell me you listen to your doctor, mm-hmm. you take the meds that they tell you to take yep. and you're, this is your new norm. Yeah. Welcome to your life. Yeah. Right. Right? I didn't know that I was having thyroid issues until nine months after having my first um, with Donovan. And I went in and I'm just like, I'm just so tired. And it took me that long because I just figured that, that this is mom life. Mm -hmm. I must just feel this way because I had a baby and I'm nursing and right. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then I go in they're like, yep, your labs are off X, Y, Z. Here's your meds. Yeah. We'll see if it works. Yeah. Nothing else. I asked about dietary, nothing. They nothing. were just like nothing, mm-hmm. you know, but this has been way back. Let's go mm-hmm. back to junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having horrible health issues mm-hmm. and even being told I was a hypochondriac by my PE teacher mm-hmm. in junior wow. high. And I remember, I mean, that was traumatizing for me, the shame that yeah. was put on me. And I'm like, no, I'm really feeling what I'm feeling. Well, when was PE? It was right after lunch. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I was triggering oh, wow. my gut and having issues from food, and just felt horrible after. Wow. Yeah. And I was put on um, stomach ulcer medication. I mean, to layman's terms, but wow. um, at twelve, wow! Wow! So, like, I, it, so, lots let's of let's really think about this. Go through nurse. I mean, really speed up here. Mm-hmm. Um, going to nursing school, and <laughs> I'm on the clinicals on the floor, all white. And I start bleeding. Oh wow. Rectally. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if I'm throwing that out there because mm-hmm. people, this is real life. People this are struggling with these unknown yep. medical issues and no like precursor mm-hmm. other than just I'm here and I'm like, oh I guess I gotta go to the ER. Yep. You know, to my it, instructor. Mm-hmm. And um, oh yeah, well, yeah, you know, colonoscopy the next day. Meds up the wazoo, yeah. no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or, or it, or was it? <laughs> and, um, yeah, i was told yeah, you have ulcerative colitis. And I'm like, okay, great. Oh, so at this point, I knew I had, um, ulcer issues. Now, ulcerative colitis. I was also previously diagnosed with PCOS. Mm. Um, you know what i called lovingly referred to as my dinosaur eggs my ovaries mm-hmm. they just looked like if you see the ultrasound you'll know what i mean and yeah. those of you who haven't know um but i didn't have other typical signs like yeah. the, o- the overgrowth of hair um i wasn't super overweight then mm-hmm. um but it was a very big struggle to keep the weight off i was super active mm-hmm. and my food intake was not that Fabulous. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I naturally put myself kind of on a keto paleo diet Mm -hmm. just by food aversions. Yeah. Uh, My body kind of guided me away from like, even when I was a child, I didn't like um, soft tacos with lettuce. Mm -hmm. Well, we did cabbage. Mm hmm growing up on our tacos. So and, and go to find out now that I have to be careful with cabbage okay. and, and Brussels but like when I'm not healed. I'm more healed now so I can tolerate She's it a little that. bit better. Yeah. But you know, these are things that we've learned gradually, in retrospect. And so uh, let's go up back again to children. Um on high you know being told I'm just hypothyroid, mm-hmm. but then am also PCOS. Yeah. <laughs> alternative colitis. Mm-hmm. I'm very gassy, mm-hmm. v- very burpy, heartburn. And um we moved from California to Utah, and uh, separated from family unit, right? Like, mm-hmm. feeling very independent and lonely. Honestly, my husband was working as a manager in a fab shop, and I uh, seeked after CrossFit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was doing CrossFit quite wow. solidly. Um, it, you know. And it was my community. And then a nutritionist, this is where I'm going to credit, this is the biggest seeds that were placed for me. Yeah. Um, who was an also another person in the box who worked out, she did a class and she talked about leaky gut. Well, I was familiar with it, but I really didn't know the ins and outs and fermented foods and, and mm-hmm. then paleo and how that all associates and how you can incorporate things in your life that have drastic differences. So and I wasn't dropping weight doing CrossFit. I mean, this is insanity. I was doing CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it That's was, intense. I was, as people do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> and, um, and uh, changing the diet. This doesn't mean you're going to have triplets. Everybody, okay? But <laughs> I got. I finally got pregnant. I mean, I had. I had five miscarriages. Wow. Before that, five. Wow. And and and, three of those four. of Those were after established heartbeats. Yeah.
0: Wow. wow. So I mean,
2: this is huge, right? Yeah. I and mean, And I'm just being told because you know my PCOS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I started on paleo. I was like, what, four months in, and Argument conceived triplets. triplets. <laughs> and, and
1: just to be clear, not doing any kind of fertility treatments. No, at that yeah,
2: point. Think, right, okay. exactly. Just they were spontaneous. changing my nutrition, just changing my, getting and, the inflammation down, right, and so, your body. I, and that's what I associated it to because I figured my ovaries were like, oh, <laughs> we can work, yeah, <laughs> pew 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 pew. Yeah. Look what we can do. <laughs> there's all the eggs, and <laughs> and and you know. <laughs> Scott's guys were like, Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> right, And, you know, no, we didn't have to do it three times in one night. I, you know, it's just- <laughs> In case you're wondering. Right, in case you're wondering. Um, we were also on a trip to Disneyland when we conceived. So I just said it was like bippity boppity boo Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where I look back and I'm like, okay, health-wise, I was mm-hmm. theoretically in the, just, As- just, what, three, four months into this Mm -hmm. diet change, Mm -hmm. the best I'd ever been. And- uh, The body started to naturally regulate itself again. Right. Healing. Right. And Mm -hmm. at this point, I had um, really kicked on like the sprouted grains, um, sourdough bread during that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Because- everything I was told was like, you need to gain 20 pounds by 20 weeks. Mm, because, wow. Yeah, right. Because it's sustained weight gain for multiples. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, because towards the latter end, you basically start eating yourself. Yeah, <laughs> Or yeah. the babies start eating you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, w- it was a big journey. And I was, I was t- we t- discussed this a little bit before the podcast, but um. I started really tanking towards the end of that pregnancy with the triplets, mm-hmm. and I was on bed rest. And my mother in law lovingly came up and lived with us for like four months and took care of the other two mm-hmm. kids. And the babies were in the NICU. And so here's my exposure right to like hospital food, yeah. eating at the same restaurant three times a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not and, a very good. And restaurant not, that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> granted, good food was it just not exactly nutrients. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, like what I was trying to strive for during the pregnancy, Yeah. yeah. and um. It it was hard. It, it was really really hard. Yeah, going through that. I don't like food wise at home. I was out of control. So like right life instances put us yeah. in situations where we just have to adapt and overcome or be the firefighters putting yeah. out the fire. So I had the babies and um, was breastfeeding mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. as much as I could, but they were only on my milk, so I was pumping. Yeah. And um, then when it was time, I, I pumped until they were eighteen months old. Wow. So they were only on my milk. And then we transitioned them to raw goat's milk. Mm-hmm. So, And that was a huge goal of mine because I learned from Jovi, our second. Um, I was working at the prison at the time. It was super stressful. Mm-hmm. And my milk supply totally decreased, but it was probably having to do with my thyroid if we really want yeah. to get in the and gritty. And she was put on formula. And I had never had a baby. So spitty. So just, she just acted different because yeah. Donovan was fully breastfed till 15 months old. Mm-hmm. You know, we just see these things in retrospect. Yeah. So that was my strive with the babies, and then I think we really took a big tank as as far as our family goes in food. Yeah. Um. After the triplets, and we were totally in survival mode. Yeah. I mean, as you can just imagine, eat whatever, yeah. just just whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and finances, finances True. were huge. It's so much easier to give them carb laden processed food. Yeah. On a budget. Yeah. And and. Yeah. You know, and then, and then we start seeing these um, in our in one of the triplets with his SPD of sensory processing. Just started seeing his his outbursts more frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, started seeing rashes more frequent, and he also had horrible ear infections. I mean, back oh. to back to back to back.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just felt powerless. I mean, yeah. if we really want to know, like this is empowering this process of of being more strict or you know stopping the sugar it is and it, it, at first it feels degrading but it is very much so empowering very. and uh occupational therapy with the triplets for tongue and mouth development and suck and swallow um food exposures for textures for for the triplet with the spd mm-hmm. um and then the big kids being used to one way and then trying to can like it's it is like a conversion, isn't it? Converting them over mm-hmm. um, to this new lifestyle. Yep. Um, I would say, I, are we going to get into like tactics, like things that yes. I use? Hopefully, yes, yes. Okay. yes. Sorry. Like, <laughs> Not so far off the topic, but a huge thing I will say is my my experience as a nurse, like colliding with being a parent, mm-hmm. is observe, observation. I observed the dynamics of other parents with their children. Mm-hmm in situations of trauma and stress, and then um, even just coming in for immunizations, right? Mm-hmm. Or just the regular doctor's visit, there's always a reward. Yeah. Like, we're going to go get you a happy meal right. after this appointment,
3: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or,
2: oh no, no, no duelo, like no pain. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give you pain. No pain, no pain. Okay, just give them the shot. mm mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't work like that. Like truth, right? I think it's about building a relationship with your child based on trust so that they Mm -hmm. can, and I'm going into nursing and like Tristan would be familiar with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of needing security in order to to go to the next next level, right? And um, if you look at that, another triangle pyramid, um, you see that um, hand to mouth, is kind of in that same area of development and food, and when we're introducing them to these things and i and that hand to mouth right the boring eating the emotional eating we're we're training them to associate that that stage of development mm-hmm. at the same time that we're introducing these things and and trust yeah and so I feel like. I, so I told myself, right? Cause we're all really good parents before we have kids. <laughs> so it's, right? I, I told myself, I'm not going to do this when I have kids. I'm not going to lie to them. Mm-hmm. Like If we're going to the doctors and they're going to get a shot or we're, or Hey, you know, you're, you're, you just got hurt and your arm looks really deformed. It's probably broken.
4: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: and this is what's going to happen. Okay. But guess what? I'm going to be right there with you mm-hmm. the whole way. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you when it's coming. And um and I'm not going to tell them I'll get you that candy bar or I'll go and take you to get that kids meal. I was mm-hmm. I have been guilty of it before yeah. because uh, we learn monkey see monkey do. Mm-hmm. Um and quite literally, like I don't know if you have time for a little story, but I learned in lactation specialist classes that I've taken a story of a gorilla, a mother gorilla who uh, wouldn't feed her babies. Mm-hmm. She kept, I think she went through two that wow. expired. And on the third one, the zoo staff like were really rallying against to keep this baby gorilla alive because they're on the verge of extinction. Mm-hmm. And then they called in La Leche League. Mm-hmm. And wow. put the mama gorilla in, I mean, I get chills in, in this glass, glass enclosure and sat all these mothers around this glass oh. enclosure and they all breastfed bare chested to so their amazing. infants and their children. And the gorilla picked up the baby and started breastfeeding oh. the, the baby girl. I'm like, I'm going to cry. Yeah. And, and, we are in this culture of where we're not getting exposed to other moms doing these things that are best for our kids. Like we're just doing the best we can with the information that we have at the time. And, and that is also a form of like uh, nurses. When we educate, we just want to give the the parents benefit of the doubt. They're doing the best they can with the information that they have at the time. So planting these seeds, right. Mm -hmm. Matter. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're back to my own kids. A tactic that was huge was building the trust, yep. introducing the foods in a safe, judgment-free yep. kind of like this is just the norm. Like right, like mm-hmm. what we put out in our attitude and our and, our, and how we present it is how they're going to take it. They yep. watch us. Yep. Our kids watch us. Yeah, and they're yes, like, they okay, well, like mom's cool with eating this sashimi, mm-hmm. so maybe I'm cool with eating fish too. Yeah. This is just the norm. It's just expected. We never catered and made a separate meal for our kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have friends and family that do that. Yep. And it, no knocking them. Like they, they do what works for them. Mm-hmm. But we didn't do that. And so it's what's on the menu is what's on the menu. Yep. If they're hungry, they'll eat. Yeah, that's true. Like they might feel bad if they refuse not to. Mm-hmm. But that's a teaching opportunity. I've, and I've had several <laughs> moms that you,
0: that you lay down that law, right? It's like, this is dinner. Like there's nothing else after this and they won't eat it. Yes. And then they go to bed hungry and you're like, I'm sorry. They wake up the next day, they're famished mm-hmm. and they eat what's in front of them. You it's know what true. I mean? And so, and, and so you've created that boundary. And I think that's important. It's like, you're
2: being honest, you're creating a boundary. This is it. This is just what we do now. Mm-hmm. And then another huge game changer before I take up all the time was um, the no thank you bike. Mm-hmm. we established the no thank you bite from our first, um, even when we weren't eating that mm-hmm. healthy. I mean, it's just new foods, right? Yeah. And um, what it is, is they have to take a bite, mm-hmm. even if it's small and they can yes. say, no, thank you. Yep. If they don't want it anymore. I love that. So the no thank you bite. The no thank you bite. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. <laughs> and it, it it's a game changer. It's like, nope, sorry, you got to do the no thank you bite. But this also exposes mm-hmm. to, um, even though we know they don't like it. Yep. They got to try it. They still have to try it repetitively because Exposure you know what? Therapy. They might like it. I mean, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There's a little jingle for that too.
1: <laughs> there's, there's a jingle for there's everything. A jingle yeah, for everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they're like, Oh yeah, like Daniel Tiger. I'm like, no, I was the original inventor like, of no, the No Thank You Bite. But uh, it, it's helped a lot. And guess what? I do a No Thank You Bite too. Mm-hmm. Beats.
0: Oh really? You don't mm-hmm. like beats. I don't like beets. There
2: you go. And the kids are, they, they just love to watch me take my no thank That's you great. bite because I'm just like you mm-hmm. know and and we just did it actually last week at a park I got a beautiful salad from gingers mm-hmm. and it has beets in it I'm like hey, I'm gonna do it and they're like my, my oldest you know you don't like it I'm like yeah but I I expect you guys to do no thank yeah. you bite I need to do it too because exactly. maybe I'll like it
0: exactly I like that <laughs> That's great.
1: So a a trend that I'm kind of noticing here I want to point out is that a lot of what you have to do in order to create these healthy eaters that have hopefully a lifetime of healthy eating is it kind of requires you to be almost mean. And, And I say mean not in the sense that it's truly mean to them, but the world looking in on that would mm-hmm. say, that's mean. You're forcing them to eat food they don't want. You're not letting them have their own meals. You're not letting them eat the candy they get at school, right? And and it gives you this sense of, wow, maybe I am kind of a, a, a mean parent. But I'm going to bring in a little bit of Buddhism here. Um, one of the kind of the teachers that I've done a lot of following of, his name is Trungpa. I'll just call him Trungpa. And he would talk about something called idiot compassion, which is where you want to help people, but you're not using your head to help them, right? You're giving them what they are asking for rather than Mm -hmm. what they need. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that with children because they haven't developed the ability to think beyond five minutes from now. So they think that what they need is the sugar. They think that what they need is the hamburger with the terrible ingredients that was produced in a farm factory somewhere, right? But what they really need is to develop a healthy relationship with good food. Mm-hmm. And as their parents, it's our our duty really to help them do that. And that is where true compassion comes from. Yeah. Not giving in to the, the emotion of the moment and thinking to the long term, thinking four generations down the line mm-hmm. where we want a, a healthy human population. Right, hopefully.
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, Liza, what were some of the things that you did for your kids that worked in training them? Just threats and bribes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just super authoritarian. Yeah. Just lay yeah, down the line. Yeah.
3: Sometimes. Sometimes you have to.
0: <laughs>
3: no, we did we did a lot of the other we did a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that firm boundary. Like, like this mm-hmm. is this is what we're eating. Looking back. When we were living in Virginia and Mm -hmm. really changed our diet, I'm not sure we had the healthiest emotions behind it. Yeah, it was there was like some trickle down of like too much stress in the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really like what you said about establishing that relationship because I feel like we've gone like double backed and mm-hmm. kind of fixed a little bit of that yeah. stress yeah. in the situation, because it kind of feels to me, I know psoriasis is not a life or death situation, but we had just moved and started a new job and lost our community and mm-hmm. had another baby mm-hmm. and it felt like life or death mm-hmm. inside my body. Yeah, So I was acting out of a life or death situation because I was getting really controlling yeah. about the whole thing. Yeah, So, um, It was just. It just took a lot of work to find that boundary of like this is something that I feel like I can keep up long term. Yeah, this is just a lifestyle. This is just the, the thing we do now. Mm-hmm. So the the no thank you bite. We didn't call it that. That's a great name, mm-hmm. but we did that too, mm-hmm. where you don't have to finish it. but You just have to. You have to try it. You just have to take a bite.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, and you have to make them socially adaptable kids. Like they're at other person's house. Mm-hmm. They're not like ew. That's gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you want them to be polite. And so you're like, just please say no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. Just please say no, thank you. If if
1: you care if your kids turn into jerks. I mean, totally a personal preference
4: thing, though. (laughs) So,
3: and I just feel like exposing our children to a whole bunch of food has been really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy Asian food, Indian, Mm -hmm. Thai, and sushi. Mm. A lot, yeah. which I feel like is a natural diet to adopt when you're getting rid of gluten and dairy, which is the European diet, which is what yes. we're all allergic to right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. so you have to pick up these other things. And so we, when we do go out, we pick those restaurants, yeah. and our kids love noodles, and they love pho and they love sushi. Mm-hmm. They'll fight over sushi, mm-hmm. and that's great. We love liver pate on sourdough bread, mm-hmm. and we, So we just we start we started to enjoy these really rich foods yeah. that they just naturally picked up, yeah. and they enjoy too. And you can kind of trick them into having it be like a little sophisticated or a little like suave or a little Mm -hmm. something when they get, because the peer pressure is a thing, right? So when they go to their friends and they're like, guess what I had,
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of helps a little bit, you know?
3: And so, and it helps create a culture Which is one of my things with American culture anyways, right? Mm. Because we just don't have a culture of enjoying food. I know I've been talking about this like the entire podcast. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Because I really would like, I spent some time living in Europe growing up and it really imprinted upon me that there are entire cultures who enjoy their food. Yep. Mm. They enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, and they're picky about what they eat because they like high quality. Totally. And so I think there's, that's another factor and it's Mm -hmm. not to be, you know, elitist or classist or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. just to, but just to say like, this is something I care about. So I'll go wild crafting with my kids and show them which plants in nature you can eat Mm -hmm. to see that food is everywhere. Can you share that app with
0: everyone listening? There's an app that you can download on your phone and you take a photo of a plant and it tells you uh, everything that you need to know about the plant. Is it edible? Does it have medicinal properties? What it's called? What is that? that it's, app called? The app is called
3: Picture This, mm-hmm.
0: and you just go out hiking with them, and you guys start taking pictures of
3: plants, and you learn about it, and we learn about it, and mm-hmm. then we do. Um, so I'll 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 make I'll have my foods get involved my my, my foods I'll have my kids get involved in the prep. Mm-hmm. So making like picking grapes and making yeah. grape juice, yeah, and showing them like you were talking about earlier of having it be anticipatory. Mm-hmm. And smelling it, and savoring it, and then putting it on the shelf, and mm-hmm. right, and, and having pride, right, and having pride, and being like, "This is something, you know, this is something that we do." So, getting them involved in the process of where, not just like the chopping and the cooking and the eating, mm-hmm. like where our food comes from. Right. Here's a farmers market. Here are mm-hmm. our farmers. Yep. here are the people that we have relationships with. Because I'm not going to slaughter mm-hmm. my own meat, and yep. I will absolutely support local farmers. Who grow grass-fed beef, right? And develop that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And I will talk to the chicken lady, and I will buy the the, stu- the, the food stuff at the farmer market, mm-hmm. and and get them involved in the entire cycle of it. And here's how we compost, and here's right. where we put it, and here's and I feel like that relationship to our bodies, and that relationship to each other, and that relationship to the earth, mm-hmm. and having the gratitude that food just doesn't come from the grocery store, right? And here is here's what we can do about it. It has gotten it woken up their eyes. Here's Mm -hmm. how you watch for seasonal changes. Like here are the buds, like here are the leaves changing. Yeah. Here the earth is now sleeping. You know, Mm -hmm. planting food. You know, we have tomatoes growing right now in our garden and my five and six year old every couple of days. We have to go check on the tomatoes. I want to pick the tomatoes. So you know, having them have that experience. Mm -hmm. And so it gets into their nervous system. It gets into their this is what life is. Right. This is normal. Yeah. It's normal to have a garden. It's normal to eat really good food
2: hmm yeah I love that well when we did the octopus post and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Johnny commented, I said, well, it's I think we're just so disconnected from where our food comes from that this this bridges you know narrows that gap, <laughs> narrows that gap in that disconnect from food um mm-hmm. and it, it's just so important to have our children have that connection too. Mm-hmm. I mentioned. Totally. Again, to Jeanique earlier that I um, we lived in a bumper pull trailer. We we're mm-hmm. in the process of converting a, a school bus. Yeah, for our family. That's and so cool. I, we love it, mm-hmm. but we wound up not going that route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, while there, we brought our goats with us. We actually had purchased two goats, and we milked cool. our own goats for That's our raw so cool. goats. Cool. Awesome. Well, we had control of whatever what they were eating too, mm-hmm. right? Um, you are what. You eat eats. Yes. You right? are what your food mm-hmm. eats. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. so we milked our own um, Nubian goats. And mm-hmm. they also had a cow there and chicken. So we ate the eggs. We milked the cow. Um, we built the stanchion for the cow. Like we, we, we did all these things hands on. Yeah. And they also had uh, pork uh, her- heritage pigs, big, 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 big pigs. Yeah. <laughs> and they got all our scraps. You know, and it made me That's feel cool. good, right? Because then I, I'm here, I am purchasing these organic vegetables and then it's like circle of life. Yeah. The pigs are eating it and then we get to eat, we get to eat the pigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it is just, but you're just so much more thankful. You feel very much like, like cliche, but Pocahontas. It's like, I'm I'm connecting Yeah, with these animals. I'm connecting with the earth and the soil. We're feeling it. Totally like totally like that. And it's a big thing. And there is a sense of pride and a sense of empowerment with that education, with the children. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you'd mentioned an, enjoying food, and it reminded me of Eat, Pray, Love, the movie with Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. It's actually from Elizabeth Gilbert. But I, anybody speak Italian at this table? No. This <laughs> <No. laughs> <Liz laughs> totally, is probably closest. right? Mm-hmm. And la dulce, yeah, la dolce far niente. Yes, and it's the art of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, and right, and so we we think about this, and like the afternoon siestas. Like the shops close down, everybody shuts down and they and they usually have like something pretty fatty, olives or like an antipasta plate, something like that mm-hmm. and and they nap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just enjoy the moment or they have the time with their kids, and it's like, oh yeah, so dreams are made of, right? yeah, homeschooling for us affords us that, yeah, mm-hmm. the ability to have slow mornings. Um, the ability to in, enjoy in the moment or the chaos, whatever, it right. may be. Right. whatever moment, it is, right? <laughs> but it it really is about enjoying life and that sense of empowerment and education. Yeah, and um, just to, to quickly go on this but I know that there's some that that like we look at urban jungles right like mm-hmm. like New York or, or even Australia they had issues with this but access mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the access to these things is difficult so right. I know that many might be listening to this thinking "Well, how, where do I begin right with this, with even just having access to these things, so the ability to teach our kids—if I live in in the city and maybe they don't get out—I mean, I went to I went to school with kids who had never have never left Southern California, mm-hmm. not even to San Diego, and we were only an hour and a half away driving yeah. time. They, they had not experienced this. Where mm-hmm. I was very fortunate in the fact that my parents took me out to eat yeah. many places yeah. and um, different cultural foods and things like that. And so I, I would say um, now with the internet. Like, you know, you mean obviously pre-screen, but you can you can show kids on YouTube and things where this food comes from,
0: yeah, and start educating them about their food and their Mm -hmm. sources. I love that. That's a great idea.
2: Well, and many farmers, and if you can get out, um, are are so willing to show Mm -hmm. the next generation where their food comes from. Yeah, like a few years back, and locally there was a organic farm camp. Mm, and cool. so my older two, when the ba- when the triplets, they're still not babies. They're four, <laughs> but they're the babies. Um, they got to go to farm camp, and they That's still talk cool. about it. That's really really cool. There's a lot of um things
0: like that. There's uh here's a little shout out for what is Sarah's school? It's a nature based school.
1: It's called Wild Wildwood Wildwood
0: Wildwood. Yes, it's Wildwood, and it's it's actually a local school here, and it's so unique because it's it's based it's all nature. Play. And it's it's and it's a legit school, and so if you are a parent out there that's trying to. Find a way to teach your child. If you're if, if you're like my child in front of the TV too much, like there are programs like that right now. There is also free forest school. Go look on Facebook, and they have activities. I actually started the one here with Sarah, and then I had to bail because I got too busy with the clinic. But um, like you can just show up for free, and all the kids go out and they go into the forest and play, and it's structured. And then there's singing time, and um, but but just getting your kids out. And connecting again is important. Connecting with nature, connecting with their food, connecting um, in the kitchen—it's—it's uh, it's a holistic approach, right? It's not just a well. We're changing our food. It's no, we're changing our relationship with our food and our environment, and we're going to start becoming intimate with it again. You know, it's—it's it's like a marriage. You don't just like marry someone and then sleep in two different rooms. Like you have to get to know them and you have to get to know their personality and you have to learn trust and learn about their history and their past. And so um,
1: by the way, not always a bad idea to sleep in two different rooms, especially if someone snores. I just have to point
2: that <laughs> or, out. Or you have newborn triple A. Right, right, right. Or if you have newborn that, triplets. Or
4: that. Just saying <laughs> so,
0: so I think actually trust, I think we should make this like a two part episode. Like Well, this, there's there's a whole
1: lot more we could talk about, mm-hmm. but we have reached our limit for as far, time as, far as time today, goes. Yeah so. well, we'll
0: do a separate episode where we, we talk more about the nitty gritty technical stuff, Um, because I think these stories were fantastic to hear real life stories of how you got your children from eating the standard American diet to now um, octopus, (laughs) playing with the dead octopus and then eating it, frying it up and eating it. You guys didn't even fry it. Did you?
2: No, no. I just used uh, <laughs> you want the recipe? <laughs> no, actually. That, that'll be my no thank you bite. Okay, bite I'll and take then I'll it. be like, no thank you. I'll give you a, <laughs> a swirly tentacle. Um, another side of it is telling him it was Ursula, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like we make yeah. it fun, make yes. it fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, just seasoned it and used avocado oil and oh. skillet first. And, we, and I actually let the kids drop them in because they curl up pretty quick so but yeah I mean it's part of the fun
0: yeah that's really cool thanks you guys thanks for um, sharing your stories sharing your input Um, you know
1: hopefully you got out of this that yeah it is difficult to make these changes and there's a huge emotional component a a grieving process that was Mm -hmm. brought up and that is so true but the rewards are huge and the rewards are worth it
2: and empowering and for all you moms and dads out there I believe in you
0: yes you can do this you can do hard things thanks you guys thanks for listening Um, and we'll catch you guys next week
2: see you
1: next time
0: goodbye